0: New Art on Stage
1: Welcome to the 10th edition of The Art of Assembly this time with the title The Politics of Multitude Assembly as Strategy the guests are Ana Clara Basilico and Antonio Negri This episode is based on a live event on November 8 2021 at Laboratorio Occupato Morion in Venice in cooperation with the Performing Architecture program by the Goethe Institute My name is Florian Malzacher, I'm hosting this series and usually also moderated, but today is an exception since this edition was held in Venice in Italian, moderated by the curator, theorist and activist Marco Bagavalle, and I'm very happy and thankful that he took over this task, since um, his contributions as theorists and activists are important much further than the limits of the city of Venice. The Art of Assembly is a nomadic series of lectures and talks and other material, and it investigates and reflects on the potential of assemblies in activism, art and politics. If you missed the past episodes with a big variety of guests and topics, you might want to check out our website, art-of-assembly.net, where you find videos of the lectures, podcasts and other material. So my thanks goes to Marco, but also to Brut and the Programme Performing Architecture of the goethe Institute, namely Susanne Traub and Joachim Bernauer, to Laboratorio Occupato Morion, to Radio City for streaming, recording and editing, and of course to the guests tonight, Anna Clara Basilico and Antonio Negri, whose notion of the multitude is of course a key concept when reflecting on the art of assembly. And with this, I hand over the microphone to Marco.
2: Thank you, thank you, Florian. Thank you for having invited me to organize and moderate this special special session of the Art of Assembly. The title of this session is "Politics of the Multitude: Assembly as a Strategy." Let's tackle this issue with the two guests that I'm going to present before introducing their two video lectures which will precede a live stream debate the guests today are anna clara basilico and Tony negri Tony negri is a philosopher and activist Italian who from the beginning of the 60s has been one of the major theorists of Marxist workerism. He has been also a reference point for Potere Operaio and all the area of Autonomia Operaia during the so-called long Italian 1968. Since the 80s as an academic he has been among the, the people who study Benedict Spinoza and since the year 2000 in collaboration with Michael Hart. He has written very influential and debated books such as Empire, Multitude, Common, and the most recent Assembly, which is from 2017. Anna Clara Basilico is a university researcher and a climate activist here in Venice. She lives in Venice and is in, has been engaged for years in fight against the, uh, climate injustice. She is part of Rise Up for Climate Justice, an anti-capitalist platform that gathers subjects and uh, radical subjects and radical groups in which they practice direct action. In the academic aspect, Anna Clara is a doctorate student of the University of Padua and the University of Venice, and she is involved within the Venice Center for Digital and Public Humanities of Social History of Writing and of Prisons. We thank both of our guests for having given their availability, and I'll introduce briefly today's talk. The starting point for our talk is the concept of the multitude on which Negri and Hart have been working for many years. The multitude, first of all, can be defined conceptually by contrast. The multitude is not the people, since it is not reducible to one. It is not the mass, since the mass is characterized by indistinction. And it is not even the working class, since the multitude indicates something more than the factory proletariat and the wage labor. In the age of globalization, the cognitive labor of biopolitical production, the multitude includes all the figures of social production, domestic workers, the poor, the precarious and so on. The multitude can be described, and it is a definition that Tony and Michael give in their book, multitude, can be described as a network of singularities in which all differences express themselves freely and in an egalitarian form, a network that produces the means of encounter so that it is possible to live and work together. The becoming class of the multitude, Negri and Hart continue, is fundamental to realizing the conditions of a life under the banner of radical democracy, of a political program that assigns, as they wrote in 2017 in the book Assembly, tactics to leadership and strategy to movement. The ethics of the multitude, therefore, assigns the Assembly the role of the principal moment of strategic decision-making. But what is happening today? What is the state of health of the multitudes least in Europe within the pandemic, in the time of the climate crisis? We are living in a moment, I think, of chaos, and the challenge is to overturn the chaos into a condition propitious to the battle for the commons. With this in mind, Anna Clara's talk will focus on the centrality of the struggle for climate justice. She will do so with some specific references to the Italian situation, and I'm going to put it into context for the international viewers. In Italy, street demonstrations are multiplying that are certainly composite, but also problematic for their welcoming of fascism, Catholic fundamentalism, conspiracy theories and individualism. Demonstrations that exploit to their advantage the ambiguity between the protest against the legal devices of population control in the pandemic, such as the Green Pass and the direct opposition to the vaccine, even if only as a means of temporary slowdown of COVID-19, the so-called Novax positions. Therefore, within this ambiguity in the background of an Italian specificity, but in a certain way present in other parts of Europe as well, in which Anna Clara especially are very poignant. I'll stop here. I wish you a pleasant uh, session, and we'll give voice to Tony Negri first and Anna Clara Basilico then. Thank you very much for being here especially in the Centro Sociale Morion. It's with great pleasure that I have accepted to participate
3: here in Venice on a subject that has been discussed at Morion and its surroundings for give and take 50 years. I say 50 years Morion didn't physically exist but then but its surroundings did exist. As a matter of fact, reasoning of the transformation of the productive subject from the working class to the multitude of workers and on the nature of productive labor, from the factory building to language, from the material to the immaterial. And finally, on its physical space from the factory to society in its entirety, The great movement of the 70s was open to revolutionary struggle and it was repressed in jail and blood. And going through those episodes again should be, I think, necessary in order to do them justice. But let us look at the art of assembly and the way in which this multifaceted subject has placed itself secularly at the center of the discussion, when movements were born again and today present themselves again in front of this topic, how to become a political force. In 1999, Luc Boltanski and Yves Chapelleau published The New Spirit of Capitalism. In this good book they insist upon a new critique on the means of production, on the rupture between centrality of the factory and of the production line, and on the other hand, the the appearance of precarious salary relations and above all on the subjectivity of productive labor a subjectivity that is laid bare and impetuous in the manifestation of the material cognitive nature of the good services which were products
2: A subjectification
3: which found natural ground in the metropolis where within digital spaces the opportunity presented itself to develop independent actions which, according to Boltanski and Chapelleau, define the workplace, as the market, as an immaterial place, widespread, polyphonic, and indeed strongly subjectified. In renewing the approach to the analysis of labor, Boltanski and Chapelleau propose a critical process which they call artistic inspired by 1968 by the great 1968 experience artistic criticism pointing to the fact that this new way of working transforms in a means of production different from the for model modern in theory through free social assembly the art of assembly constituted the light motive of a new ontology of labor with the objective of building a free future society. Thus Boltansky and Chapelleau pointed us towards an utopian world. I don't think one has to respond only with a positive answer to this question. Rather, simply put, it it was the way of presenting an ideal methodical option on labour liberation, imagined in 1968, in the manner of the great sociology of the 19th century. A utopia, indeed, But, as it always happens with a bit of truth, as always within utopia there is a bit of truth, an ideal type that is an abstraction of something that is true. What was then the truth foretold by that artistic assembly? What replaces the behavior of the industrial worker with artistic behavior in the new way of working? The innovation was in the fact that the multitude of actors within the new artistic way rested no longer within the mass, but presented itself, be it confusingly, as singular entities that associate each other. The multitude engaged in the new chains of productions did not create mass, but association, association of singular work provisions and of life experience which present themselves as relations and immaterial services, intellectual activities, productive subjectification. How important was this singular movement within and of the multitude in defining a new century. Boltanski and Chapelot understood it well. There was no turning back. A new era had opened. However, Boltanski and Chapelleau did not warn us that within these associative networks and above them a power was formed in the meantime, capable of adapting and making control of movements and their lives ever stronger and more violent. They offered us the ideal type of network associated in subjectified labor, assemble labor but they did not think enough upon the other aspect of the transformation of the means of production on how the life of man was put on the line for this transformation. Today we could say that Foucault had not been around yet. Indeed Foucault teaches us how in this very situation a power appears which, adapting to the new movement of production, slithers on the lives and gradually envelops and constricts like a gigantic snake. A power that now manages to deep its command in the lives of men and could control them if they should be confronted by the multitude. Indeed, full of new vital, productive artistic energy, but still not ripe in its capacity to resist and to be autonomous. The picture was asymmetric, heavily leaning towards the side of power. The postmodern tragedy was defined around this determination, on the emphasis that again it happened during the modern period, the set of players of economic and civil growth of society. In the modern period, dominion was given upon the mass of workers. In the postmodern period, dominion is exercised on the multitude of productive and reproductive lives of society. In the old system, it was called exploitation. In the present, it is extraction of value. Now, If we keep in mind the landscape of the postmodern, we have outlined if from the imagined nature we descend into the real world and look at the history of the first two decades of our new century, we can observe how much beginning from the first burst in 1968 and in Italy in the first burst, of the 70s, the idea of the establishment of the artistic side of labor and of life has declined, while new forms of discipline and control have strongly established themselves. If sociology showed us how the production texture remained unchanged, And if the analysis of the reproductive processes were revealed upon the new texture of far greater networks of socialization, there was no more freedom in this transformation. There is no better living happier than the one before. On the contrary, there was less freedom towards better living and the dominion was extended and multiplied over the multitude, confused by the outcome produced by the same transformation. The multitude, however, this great biopolitic set of singularity is not merely broken or dispelled or confused by the relationship of power imposed by the power. Singularity is subjectified desire and fear are within their relationships and they mark the will and the result of actions. When biopower moves sure-footed, fear invades the balance of power of the single entities within the multitude and of the multitude. The sick aspects prevail. Separation and pessimism rule opinion and direct people's actions. Again, when fear prevails, there is no more freedom, there is no resistance. Sometimes an ignoble passion prevails, resilience, a tired awareness of impotence. No spectacle has been more nefarious of the one offered by the COVID pandemic, when the productive power of the multitude is trapped inside a disciplinary system and control chambers which take away every creative force, every desire of association and which more terrible expectancy or growing nightmare when we recognize in the imagery of the pandemic as the symptom of an irreversible climate crisis and the harbinger or interviewing narratives with ongoing and enduring social, race and gender crises of their own. This assembly kills, the horizon is foggy. When we tread this path and we tie behind the difficulties we encounter, we are aware if we haven't been run over and managed to keep our footing, the heap of resistance determined by the unfolding of this story. We hear the sound of battle, reminds of Foucault, and that sound and the intensity of the resistance of men against the proceeding of an assembly which dominates and kills is louder as the process advances and its biopolitical dimension gets bigger. It does not surprise us if during the pandemic, when danger has become greater, it appears with greater intensity. The resistance, our resistance, is made out of doctors who try to save lives from the productive assembly, scientists who comprehend the danger and show us the ways to save lives, groups of people who associate themselves to help the poor and the people isolated by disease and old age and take them away from death. It is then a revolt in biopolitics against that biopower that assembles us in order to kill us. The resistance becomes evident and shows its strength, its highest point in the biopower tendency to subjection. It arises where the multitude has taken us and where he has been taken. One can be surprised by the confusion that is often revealed by the multitude in this phase of extreme conflict between forces, which oblige the assembly of single entities under the productive governance, and the powers that cooperate against this dominion and act for the common good. Indeed, There's a lot of confusion. What is left at this point of the artistic critique by Boltanski and Chapelleau? Hardly anything is left. But what little is left is worth retrieving with difficulty, within the chaos in which biopower operates and knows how to push the multitude. We are within chaos, and it is in this very chaos that the multitude can fight, and how it fights in order to produce a common and share it with everyone and to find a better living and happiness it is in the fight for example for a common vaccine wrenched from private property and from the hierarchy nature of governments that the common is built building the common we are taking the time to come away from fear, because it is only when the future is no longer frightening that the present increases its value and the history that opens before us increases its meaning. It is against fear, against resilience, that healthy relationships and practices between man and nature can be expressed and established within that common which embraces us all. Against biopower we move to build practices within freedom, also artistic freedom, how Boltansky and Chapelot envisage it, but making it clear that this artistic nature, built by freedom from human activity, is only possible when the common is the operator of history and the multitude its main figure. To conclude this talk, allow me to remember an author who is dear to me, Benedict de Spinoza, and the book he wrote in the 17th century, which is as the basis of the enlightenment of freedom that allowed, a few centuries later, to build resistance and revolution, the Tractatus Theologicus Politicus. Spinoza defines on this book three forms of obedience, that is to say three forms of sociality, which are the three forms of construction of the common. Drawing from the Bible, from the history of the Jews, the first form of obedience is the one that the people suffered through fear during the desperation of the Exodus when they accepted the command of Sinai. Thus, the order is imposed from above. The second form of obedience is the one the people of Israel concede to its kings, confiding sovereignty in them through public consent. But the final, fundamental third type of obedience is the one the multitude establishes in its final unified relational relationship through communal unity and through peace within the city. It is prophesized by Christ, says Spinoza. Christian love becomes thus the basis of that obedience agreement which moves lay, materialistic, atheist movements which support freedom and equality. It is not a paradox, but it's an history we have started to play out and experience which opens to the future. It is then the common which founds true freedom within reciprocal love and in the love conceded to the assembly of free men. And it is on these grounds that movements will be able to become a political force to build political force, when they will have matured within the multitude reading it of the chaos of intersectionalism, but retaining the force of that intersectionalism of every race, gender or social movement, expressing the needs and desires of the common with the foresight to comprehend the regular times of struggle processes against the enemy, and with the capability to give hope to future struggles and of cancelling the term resilience from the vocabulary. Thank you.
0: Good afternoon to everyone. I would like to thank the organisers of the talk and Tony Negri for his contribution. Listening to the contribution before mine, I would like to try to talk started from the present or from the near past of movements to try an analysis of the trials of production of forms of common inaction. In doing so, I would like to start with some news, not just any news, of the late fortnight, placing them in the frame of a syndemic interpretation of the COVID 19 pandemic. The interrelation between social, economic, race, gender, and sanitary factors has not been surprising. It is a given fact and a reality that we have laid bare in the last two years. This said, Western Governances have decided to intervene not primarily, but solely on the medical factor of the pandemic, providing an unequal distribution of vaccine, which has precisely followed the lines of racial, social, and economic discrimination. If the narrative of this correlation has been taken, sometimes even by mainstream media, the pandemic discourse has failed to spot the certain social and political conditions that Butler describes as exacerbating the vulnerability of each body. If, for example, racialized communities, even in the Global North, are the ones that have been hit the hardest by this endemic, it is because social and economic disparity, racism, discrimination, prejudice, occupational instability, unequal in the condition, which increase the gravity of illnesses such as obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular dysfunction and asthma, the list is taken from the report made by Public Health England, are conditions that up to this day are typical of marginalised groups of society. In this context, a context that picking up from Tony Negri's description as seen forms of cows propagate, Trying to reason on the role of resilience I think it's a productive exercise. Surviving new forms of disciplines and control through adaptation, resilience, shares a lot with Sunset's interpretations of chronic state of acceptance. The state of acceptance, differ, different from the state of exception, is not defined in a temporal delta. It does not establish a form of temporality in which an exceptional suspension of the rights takes place. It is not by chance if the concept of state of acceptance has been associated to the category of slow violence by Nixon, a form of violence that imposes itself gradually and steadily, a violent destruction that is spread in time and in space, a friction violence that generally is not seen as violence at all. Let's think of the dismantling of the public health, of the selling out of whole rights. It is a slow form of violence of biopower that contributes to build the resilient state of acceptance in singularities or multitudes assembled by governance. The extent of the concept of biopolitics by Foucault, which BEMBE proposed in 2003, in which to the right of life over death sum up a biopower exposing people, communities in completely unfavorable living condition, which create premature death, has found many application in the time of the pandemic. It probably contributed to the enhance and the sense of fear that cows has already instilled and caused. In the face of it, the reaction has gone in two directions. On the one hand, the personal resistance of medical personnel, the assembly in mutualism in the construction of the common around the theme of access to the vaccine and the cure. I shall talk about this later. On the other hand, the growing radicalization of reaction attention written by political options sometimes funny, sometimes materially dangerous, like in the case of Bolsonaro Trump. In the last weeks a lot have been said too much surely Around these no green pass events, one has tried to make a distinction and a lot of exceptions. Despite the practices, these events continue to maintain one only standpoint in the face of an entire renunciation, and that is the no vax. There is no workable distinction between the no green pass and people who oppose the vaccine. It has ceased to be hypothesized also for the particular case that Trieste has been. What does this multitude express? Which are the reason of assembly, if not an idea of freedom without solidarity? of personal, individual, subjective freedom that does not produce and does not want to do so forms a common, an idea that follows is the neoliberal illusion of the apparent dismantling of the production line. The sum of the individual performances of cooperative production, which, as Negri said before, has slowly overtaken the centrality of the factory, becoming intellectual activity in material services predict productive subjectivation, to mention but a few, runs across the whole of social life. Aside from the perception of a fragmentation, as Negri and Hart had written, the people employed in social production and reproduction have their hands on all the levers of the apparatus. They said the biopolitical whole of singularities does not manage to produce and maintain a permanent change in the name of a just democratic process. But we will talk about this in due time. No rim-pass, no rim-pass events, the we, r- said. R- we said are events that facilitate a mutilated freedom, self-referred and self-referential. It is not by chance that these events take place in a global north, in full juxtaposition with who, in the so- south of the world, build forms of common on the right to vaccinate, on the subtraction of health from the chain of the discretion of, of necropolitics. In front of this scenario, in the face of the chaos of behaviours of the multitude, the question we ask is how do we recover from the of a concept of freedom which does not renounce class solidarity, but first, which are the production grounds of the common that manages to assemble singularity into a multitude that can produce form of organization? If the pandemic has been a symptom of the climate crisis, or if, to put it better, the pandemic is through a symptom which originates from the capitalist model production, then the grounds the for climate justice are exactly, exactly the grounds the in which to restart the free social assembly, the place in, in which to build the premises for an artistic, artistic subjectivation of the, of the multitude. In the area of capitalism, the extraction of values occurs beginning from the exploitation of what Jason Moore defines affordables in nature. Slave labour, off-permarchalised, unpaid productive work, natural resources. In front of us we have two spaces upon which capitalism has acted discrimination. In his book Anthropocene or Capitalism, Ecology Worst Scenarios in the Area of a Planetary Crisis, more defines capitalism not as a production model which has an ecological regime, unsustainable, but as an ecological regime in itself. Looking at capitalism as a means of organizing the biosphere, social relation, production relation, recognizing intersectional nodes, and on this one can produce form of the common. The methodological premise is not a sociological whim, but the placing which allows to overcome the sad passion of resilience, and of transforming the movement of singularity into a resistant concept. Individual responsibility, placing the blame on the individual, is one of capitalism's old tricks, which at time of climate crisis can tell the nice tale of a small gesture that will save the world, and in time of the pandemic, omit the structural failures and expect discipline and blind obedience to norms which little have to do with collective care and, how and everything to do with maintaining productive standards. For this reason, talking about capitalism in lieu of Anthropocene is important, because it means recognizing. that the heart of the crisis lies in the system of organizing production. Moreover, it means recognizing in the necessary anti-capitalism of movements for climate justice the ground on which to build, as I said, the common. A common in which not just the forms of ecology, but also social justice, racial justice and anti-patriarchal groups participate. For this very reason, the forms of the assembly to come have to hold on a critique toward anthropocentrism, the multitude has to be the place of assembly not only from singularities of context to advance capitalism. It has to embrace new epistemological paradigms. From this point of view, nativist knowledge has to be the new horizon within which to build biopolitical relations, because it represents a true, concrete answer to biopower, which, as Navy said, assembles us to in order to kill us. The symmetry of the relationship with non-human nature nullifies every extract the margin, forces to rethink the productive, and, productive and, and reproductive relationships, the associative networks. The same goes from trans critique, which offers cure as a revolutionary practice as opposed to the productive logic and eliminates extraction of value from the relational equation. A firmer common, therefore, that begins from, with such elements as this can be destined to last, can produce democratic institutions truly capable of opposing the new neoliberal regime. From my perspective, Active, which is the one from the movements on the movements, the urgency of this assembly is paramount. Not only because the IPCC reviews stand a point of non return in nine years' time, but because, as we speak, the capitalist system pushes the singularity towards palliative solutions in order to maintain the status quo. I refer to the natural results of capitalist subsumption of the climate crisis, the internalization of the limit as a paradigm of the infinite growth. In face of this, the governance builds vertical forms of assembly. The myth of infinite myth growth, of growth has had said to abandon the, the ground of fossil, fossil extraction, of fossil but not after trying to embrace the solution of green, green economy or, sustainable or of sustainable development. It has had to to assume the right to health, but not before having imposed the concept necropolitic and and once more necrocolonial of sacrifice zone. The passion of resilience has become the objective of political agendas, the sustainability cinema of compensation. Capitalism Capitalism has reorganized reorganized in such a way to assume within its own boundaries its own contradiction, proposing an updated version of itself the frontiers the of extractivism advance long rainwashing, greenwashing, blind so one that can engage and a cope in the, the attribution of the standard a standard of sustainability of gas methane gas and, and of blue hydrogen. So like this, the, the work-environment environment conflict is taken as justification for, for mass, mass redundancies and firings for the, mass mass for the, the suppression the of worker rights. Moreover, like this, the so-called cost of ecological transition can be unloaded towards grassroots, socialized through the narrative of small individual gestures. gestures. Again, volta, let's try to do a little step backwards and go back to the specific form, di form di of biopower, biopower, biopower that, that, is that is necropolitics. The gradual shift of sacrifice zones in the global south in the face of correspondent sustainable investment in the West Follows that trajectory exactly. Hide the effective scope of the violence used exactly. towards singularity, place far from sight, invest in communication, to impose a different narrative. For this reason, the decolonial perspective is the starting point in the deconstruction of capitalist assembly 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 push and, above all, in the turning on the free assembly -assembly capable of turning cows into intersection. In this scenario, in in which climate justice is the ground for convergence, singularity becomes multitude in a landscape in which anti-capitalist passions act. It is not up to the multitude to save the planet but is to topple the neoliberal ecological regime, an unreachable goal without the construction of the anthropocentric paradigm, without the assumption of a collective care as a revolutionary practice and the foundation of relational networks, without the planning of an ecological and energetic reconversion based on the redistribution of wealth. Experiences like this exist, and I think the recent Gira por la vida, led by the EZLN, speaks of shared needs and making them lasting in time and majoritarian. Therefore, we need to open to new forms of organization that keep in mind the composition of singularity that chooses to assemble. I would like to reach my conclusion by giving a suggestion. In his latest work, volume, Manuel Ville, di director a- of the Anetici, Reina Sofía Museum in Madrid, uh, Reina, proposes Madrid a the colonial reading place in its artistic spaces insured a curious consideration. The Maya language does not possess any word that means art. In its place, those that we see as artifacts are defined with words that pertain of the semantic field of ecology. This is why I like to conclude the art of the assembly with the image of an ecological assembly in which the art of the revolutionary process is described in terms of a network of anti-capitalist relations. Thank you for all for your attention and I wish you a pleasant meeting. I'm going to start with some
2: questions for our two guests, which are about the themes of their lectures. I'm starting with Tony. The first one is for you. You say at one point the horizon is bleak. And indeed the multitude, at least in Europe and in the West today, seems to be crossed by reactionary tensions and often conveys an idea of individualistic freedom devoid of solidarity. Like Anna Chiara had mentioned briefly, a conception of freedom intertwined with various forms of conspiracy and rejection of scientific knowledge that not infrequently finds itself at ease being wielded by fascists. However, it is not, in my opinion, the historical groups of the extreme right that are most disturbing fact. Can we say that the pandemic, even in Europe, is accelerating a phenomenon of trumpization of the multitudes Or are we facing something different? Well, you know,
1: speaking of
3: Trumpism, speaking of Trump, maybe is
1: putting Trump
3: uh, everywhere, in every situation. You know, maybe is giving him more importance in respect of the situation in which Trumpism was born and organized himself. Anyway, this is a Syrian concern, what you're talking about, call it Trump or not. It's a concern that, in my opinion, comes from our disease, from our lack of orientation in the current situation. We have to pay attention because on one side, the disease is real, is heavy, strong. Pandemic exists, the deaths are real. But anyway, no doubt that there is an operation by the capitalistic government to capture the care. It's an operation that we are forced to submit to it, to concede to pass to this operation. It's a matter of our life, but in this situation, the disease and the lack of orientation, it comes from. And this increases also because this operation of government, of governance, a systematic, continuous operation to assume pandemic as an element of strengthening the government, and to prevent us, blackmailing us, because blackmailing with death, So they try to prevent us from resisting. This is the real situation. We have to face this situation in which we have to understand to which extent we are able to unmask, first of all, this operation. That doesn't mean that we have to do one, two, three vaccines. We are not talking about vax. What we are talking about is the kind of control, the kind of organization that the state imposes to the multitude in which we are, a multitude in, that we participate as a multitude, part of the multitude. We have to pay attention to move into this situation because I agree with what Anna Clara said around about the, the transformation of the state of exception in a state of acceptance, a chronicle acceptance to the rule of the power, from the state of exception on a state of chronic and continuous acceptance in which resilience is organized. Resilience is... Pay, pay attention to this. Draghi's plan today is a plan to answer, is to rebuild, uh, double R, rebuild and resilience. Resilience is really the central element on which they are building this plan to promote behind an action of care the dismantling of Westphal system, privatizing. They try to really to remove our defense. So this is the problem, on which we have to insist. First, multitude is bleak, but in a game that we have to unmask. I don't know.
1: It's
3: it's a period, I was born in the 30s, at the end of the world I was 15, between 10 and 15, and the behaviors were more or less of constriction, of blindness like the ones we, we have today. But we run across, run over that through what was the ability the ability to move, to invent ideology,
1: perspective of development, of struggle but because
3: otherwise we have to be, to stay at attention. Because, for instance, when I hear talking about this resilience, this acceptance, we have to stay, to pay a, a big attention because it, it appears that it's something that we are not able to break through. And it makes me come to my mind position of some persons like Membe and other authors, or what they call, sees the current situation as a thanatological situation of death, such as, for instance, for the blacks, they have no possibility to break through a bleak situation, a suicide situation. But I say no. We have to really stop with resilience. With the apology of this situation in which we are, we are caged. We are in a situation in which the multitude is not became like that because multitude is always being two things: one positive and the other negative. Today, no doubt, that it is more negative than positive. But this is the space in which we have to fight. It is an open space. There is the contradiction. We don't have to go back to the norm. That was the problem, like
2: our comrades in South America say. Thank you very much, uh, Tony. And on the capitalistic capture of Cure, I will open the second question that I will ask you after having asked to Anna Clara. With Anna Clara, we keep uh, the same theme, because you say you have always been, correctly, someone who in front of difficulties has been, has indicated not to look away, but to look inside the catastrophe. You did it in the 80s with the postmodernism, and you're doing it now in this session. Let's talk of multitudinary spaces of the positive and negative of multitudes and that's the first question to Anna Clara. Rise up for climate justice, which is the political movement you belong to, bets that one of the privileged terrains in which the relaunch of the production of the common is that of climate justice. So Anna Clara, your point of view Why an anti-capitalistic perspective that looks at the production of the common can't renounce to invest in this terrain for the battle?
0: Trying to answer, I would like to say that maybe it's a uh, sort of an easier question, uh, in the sense that I don't think it's possible to conceive a struggle for climate justice which does not involve the anti-capitalist uh, issue. Well, trying to articulate a bit better this uh, this thing, this idea that, from a situator's perspective like mine uh, within the movement, uh, lies sort of like uh, an obvious issue, I would like to start from a consideration linked to the so-called mission of capitalism, uh, which is the infinite accumulation of, of value, basically. a sort of uh, accumulation that has to do with the extraction of values from bodies, from territories, from uh, from known human animals and human animals. If we start from from here, from this paradigm, then we can understand that the terrain of climate justice actually escapes from this logic. In the sense that the terrain of climate justice immediately um, conceive and, um, ecology as a terrain that has to escape from accumulation of values. That's why I would like to say that it's uh, a sort of an obvious answer, the one I'm giving, an obvious thing that is not majoritarian and maybe not completely uh, understood. Um, As we actually have seen also in the question you posed before to Tony Negri, in the sense that the environmentalism sometimes used to be um, accomplished uh, linked to uh, resilience so that resilience basically becomes an instrument, a tool of neoliberalism uh, that can be used by the governance so that basically we can uh, compromise, we can actually accept some form of compromise, of mitigation of climate crisis, waiting for capitalism to reach a sort of state that makes um, production and development and, and so on in in a very uh, sustainable way. That's the fairy tale that capitalism is actually trying to to give us. It's a topic we can discuss about for a very long time. Uh, one last thing that I think might be useful to trace this thing framework is a historical issue uh, that actually displays also uh, my field of study. Well, the debate uh, about the origins of Capitalism is a wide debate that finds actually many different answers and opinions. As well, open is the um, debate about the origin of capitalism, which is the geological area within capitalism actually become the main um, agent on uh, mitigation on modification of nature. Well, within this debate, actually, one of the answers is in the origin of this geological area. The the building, the, the development of the mining uh, extraction in Germany of the 16th uh, century. Well, if we uh, look at this uh, idea, we have another uh, witness from the same um, time, actually, uh, of this story which has been uh, read and read over many, many times, but this is not uh, the time for this, about the um, protest, the revolution of peasant led by Thomas Munzer a shepherd that wrote within his uh, works um, against basically the the governance of the princes that uh, used to rule Germany back time. But within these writings, he claimed the freedom of uh, water, of birds, of nature, of, and so on. So basically, we can see how, in the same time, on one side, we have this um, extractivist model that actually produced the climate crisis, and then on the other side, the birth of a uh, claim, which is uh, Um, in fact actual. So, to conclude, I would like to say that maybe climate justice and capitalism are uh, an opposition that uh, was born since the very origin.
2: Thank you very much, Ana Clara, for having introduced this uh, topic, the topic of capitalocene and climate justice, which I think is a terrain of Uh, alternatives in which the production of common can cross over into battle uh, with this chaos which we continue uh, to talk about let's take the thread of what tony was saying again let's talk about right to health it seems to me that the order of discourse imposed by many recent demonstrations by the media and by neoliberal governments is deeply depressing health is reduced to an individual matter and in this sense neoliberal healthcare and no vaccination positions paradoxically coincide And yet, the history of the workers' movement is full of struggles that have interpreted health as a class issue. For example, the struggles on harmfulness here in Porto Marghera, in the chemical cycle, or perhaps as a gender issue. Just think of Italian feminism from its origins. What do we need to recover from these stories to impose a different order of discourse? in order to shift the focus on the patents of vaccines, on the neo-colonial asymmetries of its distribution, on the need for a public health care at the height tailored to the territory and able to hold together the social and health dimension. Is there something we are forgetting about our history, about the history of our movements about the history of the working class, of the feminists, is there something we are forgetting about and that could be useful to reactivate the paths of reactivation of the common? I really appreciate the thing that Anna
3: Clara remembered on the work of Thomas Munzer. I really like it very much. When I was talking about Spinoza before, I was saying something that beyond the people, there is the multitude, multitude that is born in the chaos, in the war, into the original accumulation of capital. And there is this multitude that is born in war, in chaos, and that has. Be beyond uh, itself, a word that is uh, a Christian, a Catholic word, but it's the same word of the Protestant group, Evangelic groups that comes that comes from the same environment of Thomas Munzer. and we really agree on the historic interpretation of uh, the things uh, uh, that Ana Clara said before, so that in the era of Original accumulation and the opening to the idea of nature. To an opening to, to the freedom of nature. We don't have to forget that the freedom of nature is always uh, in trouble. Because in nature we have also sickness. There's always a filter in the relationship between man and nature that is natural but can be a killer. The history of the workers' movement and mainly the history of the part of the workers' movement we, we participate in in the 70s, in Veneto, it was really very, very important. The struggle, and I, I repeat, uh, a struggle that is being led not by the unions, because they, the unions, they made agreement to give some a little bit of money more in the salary to make us, to ask us to accept to, to be poisoned into the chemical plants. But it was the workers' committee that led the struggle. They really led a very, very hard struggle. They even put a Jesus Christ in front of the gates of the factory Margera. There was against sickness, against the poisoning in the factory. And then all the work made by the comrades, the women that did on this ground, it really was a huge work against the identitarian feminism, but also inside feminism identity. But anyway today is the most part most important part of feminism. And this discourse started around what was the the health service for women. And so they formed the first groups for the right of abortion. But anyway, it comes to my mind many other important things on this ground. And this is all the activities that found an internal way to this uh, confused multitude. Think about, for instance, the the struggle against uh, AIDS. Because in France they say Sida. Think about this was a really a really important struggle because it produced a total inversion of what was the idea into the relationship between medicine and the activity of the person that was sick and the possibility to get in in, into the hands of the people in sickness the possibility to exercise a care Apart from this, I have, I can remember even another a very important thing that was a struggle of the nurses, a very long and big strike of the nurses in Paris hospital during my first stay here in France at the end of the 80s, in which the strike on the hospital. It was connected to the idea of building of uh, places in which the nurses, the young doctors, they established these places in, in, in the poor neighbors along with the hospitals in order to humanize the care. That was an attempt to give and to recover to the movement and to go into this movements and recognize the ability of the movements to care and for me this is a really really important because capital covers all society is everywhere extracting value we have to remember that it extracts always by the workers that capital always is made by two things: on one side, the capital, and the other, work alive, and our ability to make, to give life to the work, to the living work. Sorry for the uh, the the simpleness of this thing, but our ability to enacting uh, a, a live work. Uh, apart from all the rules that are constraining it, that this in, in the really indicates the, the road, the path on which we can move forward to win this battle. We have to recover our memory of the struggle and the sense that health is a collective good. But we can do this only uh, saying and giving its uh, correct value to all the things that we already did. And I've seen, I've lived the movements here in France, but I can tell you that really I saw very huge and very important things. The entire neighborhoods have been uh, cared by anti-fascist movements, by brigades of of students helping old men, young men, people in trouble during the lockdown. All these thing is possible, okay, and we should organize to transform the state of uh, acceptance in a state of resistance. This is the only way for us. I hope that any way
2: we can do it. Uh, you were referring to very important experience of mutualism that were present in all of Italy and and in the Northeast as well during the first and second wave. More than actions, they have been, there has been a network of uh, mutualism that has involved seven cities of the Northeast. And this has been a moment in which one has noticed that being together, you can you can be together inside the pandemic where are you referring uh, talking about the art of assembly were you referring to the mannequin with the gas mask in front of the petrolchimico di marghera uh, we like to remember that performance has been brought forward by the uh, autonomous assembly of porto marghera together with giovanni rubino who unfortunately he died a couple of weeks ago and this performance was uh, called Morte Edison which is a pun meaning death and Edison which was the chemical plant against which they were fighting Another of the key concepts of your talk has been the subsumption of the limit by the capitalist relationship that is how such issues as green economy and capitalist uh, sustainability indicate grounds in reality of new accumulation, the resilience that Tony mentioned before. Can you go into depth in this issue?
0: Well, when uh, we talk about green economy, sustainable capitalism and so on, the first example that actually comes to my mind is that if we have a look at the production of uh, commercials today, we should think that we actually won. In the sense that if we see the commercials of cars, then we can discover that to save the world, we just need to buy a new electric car. If we look at what Whirlpool says, um, we find out that to save the world, we just need a new refrigerator or we can find out that recycle is actually the new um, revolutionary horizon, and so on. Why I say that if we look at this, it seems we won, because basically that's the communication setting that capitalism uh, is carrying on in this moment that actually says the, that our future is green and that the only thing you need to live in a, in a better world is basically to uh, take some measure that we provide to you. So basically, stay, starting from that, which is an experiential fact that any of us can actually uh, make by looking at some commercials, by turning on the TV or the radio, starting from this, as I was saying, I think a wider scenario, uh, which is actually worse than expected, um, will open, which actually has to do with a systematic restoration of capitalism um, around us that um, are defined from time to time as sustainable. Nowadays we are not facing a sort of oil meeting an oil summit, something like that the governance cannot do. Uh, in this moment, otherwise it would be very, very easy to um, uh, promote uh, forms of social assembly. Nowadays, the governance actually uh, works on a COP, for instance, within which what is discussed It is discussed how the investment in uh, methane gas in um, hydrogen that has already been done can be defined um, uh, on a second time as sustainable but there is also something worse and i'll try to connect to what i said before a new frontier of the green economy is the carbon market. What's about that? It means that the capital has opened a front of exchange of financial flows, according to which each country has some tokens to um, produce, basically, and the tokens he is not using because maybe he didn't the country develops some more advanced technologies and so on, well, this token can be sold to other markets. And of course, um, these markets are the markets of countries with a less advanced capitalistic um, system, which means uh, countries from the global south. And what we actually build is a market within which claim the power to pollute elsewhere, and that elsewhere, that zone of sacrifice, is basically um, the same areas that have been colonized in the past, from which values have been extracted in the past, in terms, for instance, of labor, well, which was in a form of uh, uh, slavery. These are the frontier of the so-called green economy and sustainable development. These frontiers are not uh, really sustainable uh, for that, unfortunately, or uh, likely, I'd say. Uh, we actually need an overturn of the model of development, of the mode of uh, production. I think it's really interesting this um, connection, uh, this link um, between how territories, uh, how colonized territories. Once again, are being considered as um, venues of uh, extraction values here in Venice, As it was said in the 70s, it was um, denounced, uh, which the, the effects on Earth of the chemical site. A few years ago, uh, it was uh, organized a block actually, uh, once again against the plantation site uh, in any one other Monterizo. A plantation that was just uh, transformed into a biorefinery. So basically, the mainstream, the, the dominant renation, was that that site was a sustainable and advanced site. But in reality, that plantation was hiding the fact that at the same time in Nigeria, the same company was destroying an ecosystem, was causing a civil war, was causing huge um, migration flows. Of course, uh, Moving towards the, norm, the global north. So basically, uh, capitalism was trying to maintain its status quo, and to do so, trying to do that, um, capitalism always have to subsume its own limits. I would like to add a very, very quick um, conclusion in order to uh, link to what you asked before, Totoninik. The fact that capitalism has called its own survivance, um, I think that it's a fact that pandemic actually showed very clearly to us. Pandemic was in fact due to a spillover, a spillover comes after um, a strong uh, balance uh, uh, within the environment, uh, a balance that has been modified because of different economic um, values, and a pandemic like this one we are still living actually put at risk the existence of life in the planet. Stated that climate crisis do, does exactly the same. Capitalism, uh, from this point of view, is the reason why everything happened. And this says, this show how capitalism, in order to maintain its status quo, is uh, willing also to uh, put at risk the existence of life of a planet.
2: We have gone uh, from the theme of extractivism. You mentioned the divide between North and the South, the movement towards South of sacrifice zones. And I connect for the last question to Tony, and then we'll have some time for some questions from the public. The last question to Tony isn't about the themes that we usually talk about, but not really. It's born from a recent experience in Venice, the recent visit of a dozen of comrades from Chiapas we have recently given hospitality to here in the northeast of Italy, in occasion of the Gira Zapatista. In your book entitled Common, you and Michael affirm the importance of Zapatismo as a struggle in which one does not claim the right to be who one is but to become what one wants. I think this is a very important consideration but I would like to ask you one more thing. In the light of the climate crisis and the lack of habit also of our critical Tradition of reading capitalism as an ecological regime. Do you not think that the epistemologies of various indigenous peoples, characterized by a non-extractive, by but diplomatic relationship with non-human nature, acquire a new light uh, that renders these epistemologies protagonists of an alter modernity or an alter? Pandemic. I don't know how we are, but I think the question is clear. Well, first of all, I want to say that
1: I
3: completely agree with what the comrade said before me on the ability by capital to reoccupy spaces that indicates as a free space on this i have to say that capitalistic development is made like that it works like that maybe today it does with in a stronger way we live in a normality but that normally the normality is continuously changed and transformed and we have to pay a lot of attention to this process because obviously we have to pay attention on this because we have to connect this transformation with all the other aspects like uh, has been said uh, the climate crisis the destruction of nature, extracting value from nature. Then I would really say that if the uh, alternative is to to build a diplomatic relationship with Pachamama uh, on this, let me say that I little doubt. I am really deeply convinced that nature must be respected completely, but I am also convinced that technology must be uh, led by the will of the people in a continuous debate in which we need a democratic way and we need a subjectivity and in which Pachamama enters as a subject into the discussion. Unfortunately, I've never been in Chiapas,
1: I would have liked, but sometimes you can't always do what you want, but I've been in Bolivia
3: and in Ecuador, in Bolivia I've been there during the constitutional process and uh, during the constitutional process in bolivia really the native community were really engaged in this process and in defend the idea that something had to be defended by the extractive processes and also in ecuador i, I really there was not were, was not part of the constitutional process
1: but also in ecuador
3: I participate to the debate concerning this process with the representative of the native peoples. There was a debate really, really interesting. Maybe you know that in the Constitution of Ecuador, nature was assumed as a subject that the people had to negotiate with. So the relationship was not a diplomatic relationship, but a constitutional relationship. That's a little bit more than diplomatic. In this debate, then we assisted to a lot of uh, discussion, controversial uh, confusion, and the situation was completely bleak and confused. I really, Feel like saying that we would need the ability to introduce this idea not in a in a mythical way but connecting to the real problem uh, between uh, technology. nature because when I speak of uh, technology I'm not referring to the big plants of industries but technology is a technique for life I'm not talking about oil or mines or things like that or big industries I really refer to the techniques for technologies for our life and in which uh, we even there could be even mining technique technologies but we have to discuss to which extent we can bring these technologies. This is the real problem. Anytime we need to understand and to, disba- to debate around it, and we need to do it in a democratic way, according to the idea of Thomas Munzer. Nature is our brother, our sister, our mother, and we are in it, so we have to respect it completely. But we have to pay attention that we have to stay and to know that we are inside the nature, but we have to pay attention because I think that identitarian nativism is as dangerous as identitarian workerism or whatever else centered on identity. Nature, we have to bring nature inside the intersection of the movement, we have to take this element in order not to make confusion or making false statement on a way that is completely necessary to save the planet, to save ourselves, our our children. But we have to do it outside of mythology. Otherwise, the risk is, is that we do on the opposite ground the same thing that capital is doing. So that is to hide the errors, the wrongs, and to consider new
2: things. I completely agree with the attention of any pulsion of identity. I was thinking about to be of building a regime of uh, equality, epistemological equality. I think this is a job on epistemology necessary. Yes, in Brazil
3: there are many works around these issues, for instance concerning ethnological epistemology, because the problem is that we need to make this uh, thing to be respected, but then suddenly <laughs> arises Bolsonaro, the only epistemology that we
2: need with, is, is the rifle. And you know how we have welcomed in Padova last Monday Bolsonaro. We are not talking about epistemology with Bolsonaro. We will talk about it among us. We are part of the problem as well. We reserve other treatments to Bolsonaro. Last question for Anna Clara. We have presented you as not only as a, an academic, but as an activist. So, which are the next steps for Rise Up for Climate Justice?
0: Uh, well, I think actually it's really to um, the last question to Tony, Uh, and says that if we actually uh, see the terrain of climate justice has a horizon within which to produce forms of common, and the answer is yes, we do, then one of the first steps we have to do uh, in an organizational way, it is the construction of a shared common uh, knowledge. Uh, a knowledge that actually um, welcome, and I totally agree about the deconstruction of the anthropocentric paradigm, um, a system I was saying that welcome uh, all the knowledge, the paradigms of transfeminism and so on. In the light of this consideration, as Network has raised up for climate justice, the goal we um, state is the organisation of a meeting—a meeting that will be held here in Venice, but we do not know yet where. We know the dates: 11th and uh, 12th of December. A meeting that has the goal to um, put on on debate, on discussion, um, a lot of intersections—to uh, use a word we already used tonight. Uh, which is absolutely a uh, dense of meaning. It is also true that the um, narrative about climate crisis, at least from a, a Germanic point of view, is still lacking of many of these connections. So, well, the first goal we have is the constructions of this table work uh, of moment of discussion that aim at putting into the light all the interconnections uh, between um, climate justice, social justice, racial justice, and, and so on. And to try, starting from this, to develop a form of of commons production, of forms of common that actually goes into the direction of uh, of dispositive of connections free of real connections of communitary uh, forms of the staying together of the being together which are uh, immediately anti-capitalist and uh, made for lasting Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Anna Clara. Thank
2: you, Marco. There are many things that uh, gave me the input to uh, ask this question, and I'm thanking Tony again. He's extremely illuminating. There is one thing he said that in, in one of the replies to the Marco's questions, in which mm, he said that he had, he, one had to break, and I agree, on the theme, on the idea of inlookability, which is uh, inside the concept of resilience, uh, neoliberal resili- uh, resilience, this programmation of capitalism as if it were, uh, as if it had interiorized the end of the story, but there is the concept of necropolitics in my view. In all of this, I think, such as uh, as social movements and subjects that have a vision or a, an a t- attention to change the world, we need to reason probably with the concept of transition, which isn't just a phase of accumulation, but a phase of history, in which we are emerged right now. And in this, there is a question that Tony uh, asked, and my question is both for Tony and Ana Clara, and that is on chaos, but on the same time of the richness of intersection. I think probably we need to uh, rethink on these coordinates because we are in a phase of transition. Movements are in a phase of transition, and in the last years, Tony, who has always illuminated us in the readings of French movements and not only them, in France there is a concept, that of convergence of struggle. The convergence of struggle isn't just an architecture of a politician, and we have mocked them here in Italy. But in this phase, how, on the strategic point, can we uh, think on terms of convergence in struggle between movements, trying to overcome this chaos and richness of intersection?
1: To
3: talk
2: about translation is probably
3: the most uh, exact thing to do. When we talk about transition, it's like uh, talking about a bridge, and we don't know where it, it it leads. This bridge, and somehow we don't even know if the bridge reaches the other side. So we are on this bridge, and talking about transition, it really doesn't make uh, more clear. Uh, the situation in which we are. It makes it clear the situation in the sense that we know that there is not, uh, no turning back. It makes uh, to accept all the elements in which we are that are pushing forward. If we could face this problem only considering the transformation of the system of labor, of also and uh, of the anthropology of capitalism, maybe it should be easier. We could even explain multitude as an ensemble of singularities characterized by the strong tension to an independent association. But the fact is that all of this is, is very difficult to say. It's sure that we are inside the transition that brings us, leads us into a chaos or simply into a confusion in which tensions of the multitude to present in a new way are very still, are very weak.
1: With Michael, we,
3: we made this proposal of a society in which with the CMC1,
1: is the end of the society of the production.
3: For for this, we pass into a situation of multitude in which the ability to work the way, to work the general intern, the material work, they form a chaos to
2: mix up all of this,
3: not just inside the factories of the plants and not even inside of society that inside the society uh, following the axis of the movement that are into the society mix up all of this maybe probably could, could give us a c1 that's to say a movement a political polymorphic movement able to rebuild the perspective of power.
1: I think that all of this, this idea uh,
3: during the pandemic crisis has been, uh, I say it sincerely, I say we are in a transition, really in a transition, but this is not an happy moment of the transition. You know, I've always been blamed for being too optimistic. But uh, today I'm not, and I really would like to say that there is no shadow of, of, uh, ne- of necropolitics uh, on which I, I just sat. On the opposite, I am convinced that the work anyway, it moves, but it moves within this difficulty, in this transition. And to reach a higher composition, we have to win some battles. For instance, mm-hmm. the, d- this d- idea d- of, uh, asphyxia of lack of breath that we uh, feel with this uh, crisis that is so heavy so strong and in front of the crisis of the pandemic the idea of the science of the capitalistic science of the government i think that this is something that we should uh, focus on and we have to debate and we have to win the science of the capitalism, and to win through a compromise that can break out, not a compromise that dis- can destroy us.
0: Well, very, very shortly. Actually, I'd like to focus not on the premise and the transition concept and, and so on. I would like to focus on what you um, asked might be an horizon uh of convergence but what it come to uh, my mind uh, and i think can be verified from the actual protest on the actual demonstration we can experience these days is that i think we are facing a sort of um, generational uh, which is a very um, sim it's a way to simplify the concept in the sense that it's always easier to see how for younger people the nexus the link between um, social, ju- climate justice, a struggle of uh, decolonial gaze, a struggle for trans feminist rights are actually uh, an obvious link you marco was were talking just before about how we welcome in padua bolsonaro well to protest bolsonaro in that occasion was actually to give voice to the positions Um, of anti-fascism, but it was also to welcome the voices of uh, native people, which are um, enduring the violence of Bolsonaro. It was a way to give voice in the way um, that native people uh, actually for decades and for centuries have been um, defending the Pachamama. But it was also a way to give voice to the struggle for LGBTQIA plus uh, rights and for women's rights. I think that in the demonstration, in the movements, nowadays, it's always more and more obvious this way of uh, convergence, which are not maybe the the way the, that you were meaning before today with your questions, but I think that somehow a sort of space can be open. By saying that I think it's a generational issue doesn't mean that what uh, are the historical struggles or the struggles that actually um, have to do with other generations are struggles meant to die or struggle that can actually uh, live with other. On the other side, I actually think that the GKN, for instance, uh, give a witness to us about this. I mean, we met them at the climate camp in Milan as workers, and uh, in that occasion they were actually looking for an alliance with the climate justice movements. So maybe I'm too sick of optimist, but I think we have some positive perspective. Sorry, I,
3: I just forgot the, the issue of convergence and France in particular. I have to say that in France, this idea of convergence uh, has been developed mainly during the struggle of the Yellow Jackets. Starting by from 2019, now these struggles have disappeared uh, from the agenda. Now, there are still some movements connecting to the Yellow Jackets. But anyway, there are some anti-vax or others, but they have nothing to do with which was the organization thinking of what Yellow Jackets used to be, of the convergence that they built. And this convergence that used to be that the Yellow Jackets built was a post-generational convergence in the sense there was not more anymore the worker, the student, the etc. But there was the convergence of the subjects fighting against the abstraction on the social ground against the extraction, capitalistic extraction of value on a social ground. At the beginning, they had two most important claims, and the first was the universal wage, and the second was the idea of a referendum, a continuous referendum to consult uh, every time on the most important decision, the popular decision, economic decision by the French government. So, that was a direct democracy connected to a universal income. And I think that we have completely to share these two claims that are very good for the ones who want to destroy capitalism and, as you said,
2: Absolutely. I think the struggle for a universal income is a struggle to arrive to a different way of producing and it's something we have a need for. I thank Ana Clara. Basilico I thank Tony Negri. I uh, send you a virtual hug Tony from Morion. Thank you for being with us. Thank you See you next times and see you at the next struggle.
1: new art stage.